You need a dongle, man. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, NDG, welcoming you to this episode of the show where, hey, hey, my eyes are up here, okay? Because we're going to be talking about one killer rack tonight from 2015. Greg Anderson. It's the Dean's pick, so va-va-va-voom with that rack that he do. We're going to be talking about that later on in the show. But of course, I'm joined by the bold and the bodaciously bodacious Cool geeky. I need a hot taco, man. Bad. What is up, everybody? Check out his wizard sleeve. Love it. <laughs> Glad to have you here as we as we go through another funny horror film later on in the show. Also, we are joined by Simeon, the Mad Monkey, the Prince of Amores Day. Get booby with it, monkey. Yeah. King, we are hitting fucking here in Talking Terror. That's right. More fucking than even a man with dunkle for fingers. Well, you don't need to know what that means, but it's something really goddamn fucking. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> slide into something comfortable. Slide into something sexy as you slide on those headphones and prepare yourself for <laughs> Talking Terror and what it does to you and the thing that you love us to do to you, baby. Oh, my God, that's so fucked up. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> Yeah, listen to us on Blog Talk. Listen to us on iTunes. Fuck it. It doesn't really matter. Oh, this all shut the shit. <laughs> Y'all Talk got us on Facebook and Instagram. I got dongles on the fingers. Oh, man. No, he's got the dongles again. He's got a case Not of the you, dongles. Not you, Ringo. He's the dongles. In the dongles garden. In the shade. Mad. <laughs> How many so, dongles yeah. have you got, man? <laughs> I got dongles for days, like dongles everywhere. <laughs> I got dongles because, of course, we are also joined last but not least by check out the rack of this guy, the demonic dean. Ooh. Welcome back to the show, everybody. <laughs> yeah, more more fun <laughs> than Jesus on a pogo stick, and uh, we are here. <laughs> tonight to talk about my pick, Killer Rack, and we'll get to that uh, later on in the program, and uh, I am ex- so excited for what comes between now and then, and then and beyond, uh, here at our very own uh, Talking Terror Remote Studio. Show us your boobs! Oh, sorry, wait, that's that clock. Ow! Give me some beads. No, no, we'll get to it when we get to it. <laughs> I know, I know. We'll get to it. It's gotta be you see those fun, <laughs> those fun bags. Yeah. I want to <laughs> see those Danny DeVitos. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Some Danny DeVitos. That's right. <laughs> Just call them Shannon Tate Yums, y'all. 
man, he's going to start going to the office. <laughs> Listen, Milano's again. <laughs> Check out those Milano's. Ooh. Killer. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> so before we, we kick into horror news and all things like that, uh, Monkey, the, uh, Ghoul, do you have anything you want to talk about before we kick it off? Just real quick, King, if you want to sit there and mention what this week is for Talking Terror, before we get into anything else, what is this week for us? Well, I was going to mention at the end because it correlates to my pick, but uh, yeah, yesterday. Oh, then, then, I'll, I'll shut up. <laughs> okay. No, 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 no. We can, we, can, we can touch on this yes, at the beginning. We can touch on it once again at the end. There's no harm in bookending. Nope. Uh, accomplishments to remind our early listeners now and our late stragglers that join us later. I feel it's fair game for, for everyone to, to revel in, in, in what we have to tell our audience. I think so. So, yeah, good call, Monkey. Uh, but as of yesterday, it marked our five years being on the air. We came back after a hiatus and in 2017 got back on the airwaves with this new format that we do, horror news within one episode uh, has one movie and then horror news. So exciting that we've been doing this for five years. Doesn't feel like it, but it is. So it's five years long. Uh, bringing it to you every Wednesday night, and proud of the show. Proud of you guys. So you know, I think we we should celebrate a little bit in that. Mm-hmm. Keeping it up this long. Hell yeah, man! Our Wednesday night jam well, sessions. <laughs> and again, everyone else that's listening at home, thank you for listening. And to you guys, it's just again just. Thanks for giving me a place to get together and talk about horror. You sick fucks. Oh, of course. <laughs> Glad to have you on board for this continued journey. Maybe we go another five. Maybe we don't. Who knows what is in store? But, of course, thank you to the fans. Thank you to TA. Thank you to Joe, who randomly calls in Joe! and talks about black and white horror movies. <laughs> Joe, Joe, <laughs> Joe, awesome. Joe, Joe. He'll be back. He said he would be, so one of these days he'll be back. Yeah. So, you know, Ghoul, Dean, Monkey. Like I said, I'm proud of you guys. I'm proud of what we do. So, yeah, five years. Pretty big. But we're going to keep on trucking. This is, and this is five years. I can't even believe that. That is, when I think about it, uh, we're talking about five years uh, for the, the relaunch. Uh, yeah. Talking Terror. Um, you know, I remember distinctly uh, pre-relaunch kind of like pushing the cool a little bit like dude like what's going on are we going to do this or what and you know finally uh it got it got started again and uh i feel that uh the granted we had been going uh quite some time with our relaunch uh once covid hit i feel like uh and uh, probably a byproduct of everyone having the time uh to put in as far as uh, you know, watching the films, preparing, whatever anyone does to get ready for the show. I feel like the COVID downtime, like, really, like, got our whole routine uh, going in a nice, a nice systematic fashion. Yeah, definitely agree. This started out with the goal and I years ago, jumbling around three movies per episode, going into fucking overtime, three-hour episodes. Jeez. <laughs> it's really why the yeah. early audience got turned off. And then that well, all probably. changed when I joined the show also. Yeah, oh, you, you added that. You know, that, that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as the news <laughs> joined up, it was just all, it was just all new. Yeah, I just, that's what I just want to make yeah. sure we're clear about that. Yes. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
and his throngs of international he, fans came with him. <laughs> yeah. Denmark, Poland, Gene well, think, thinks he's Billy Preston, but I think he's more like Yoko. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I, I will say this. Wall, I, I, don't, I don't have to be here. I can, I can take my high-quality picks that I bring to the program elsewhere. Where? <laughs> He's going to do the offshoot. Yeah. We're, we're like the homeless shelter of podcasts, man. Where else are you going to go? He's going to start his own network. I will find. I will. I will find. I will find the other talking. Uh, the the the. Uh, the. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He's broadcasting. Today, today is, broadcasting from today the broadcasting is, is the day. Today is another. Today is Happy another um, notable day. It's another notable day today, which has clouded my my thinking in a way. Talk uh, hard. So while while I'm trying to uh, come up with Didn't something uh, with, with a nice piece of alliteration. Uh, it's it's failing me at the moment, but if it comes to me during the show, I'll be sure to blurt it out, no matter who's talking. Oh yeah, yeah happy four twenty, oh, Dean. <laughs> happy four twenty. <420. laughs> so, you know what, guys? I'm leaving Talking Terror, and I'm starting my own show, High on Horror. Every week, I present the new horror <laughs> pick. I get high and talk about it. Fucking Talking Terror. Whoa. Okay, that was an exit. I mean, yeah, you, I'm, I'm he, he just gave him a whole idea. Just that you're leaving us for this new show. Can't do Talking Terror anymore. Thanks, King, for the idea. No problem. Well, <laughs> showing, a big goo- showing a big goose shows, <laughs> handing out pamphlets for his new show. That, that ain't the fucking Dean, that's for sure. You know, that's <laughs> you're going to find the I might see them this summer though because it's possible that we're going to go well, to High Sierra Festival and, and and they're playing there. So. Oh, nice. Um, yes, they are. Yes, yes, they are. Not definite that we're going, but we very well might be going. Unfortunately, my uh, my my goose season got cut by two by two shows uh, upcoming. So you know the uh, the the. My my oldest is graduating and getting his master's, so the graduation ceremony awesome. is, uh, That's is, cool. is Memorial Day weekend. Um, well, it's May 27th, which was right. night one of Westville, and uh, that that's where I was going to kick off my my summer touring session oh. with Goose. But now that that gets put on the side, and I don't see them till Radiant City Music Hall, and then Red Fucking Rock. So I'm good. I'll see. You'll still get to see him. They'll miss you, I'm sure. But you're going to be back. Oh, absolutely. I know. So that's all that matters. No. <laughs> Indeed. So we're not going to wax our car all night. You know, we have other things to talk about. So uh, other than that, uh, do you guys have anything you want to talk about before we get into horror news? I am cool. What have you got, Dean? You're not the ghoul. You're the monkey. Yeah. Are you high? That's 420. What, what man? <laughs> you know, a, t- a typical fucking Jersey fashion. Typical Jersey fashion. Today's 420, right? Today is 420, obviously. It's National fucking Pot Smoking Day. Get fucking sure high. Is. 
tomorrow tomorrow is the day that our rec dispensaries open up. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, fucking fuck. Yeah. Not like it matters to me because I I have so much fucking shit anyway. And again, I you know what? I have not partaken since the cookie incident. Um, like one, one, I've taken like one gummy since, and like that was like a nice chill fucking like low key type of situation. But uh, yeah, that cookie really fucked me up, man. So I'm kind of like, I think I'm having like. PTSD from that fucking. <laughs> That's what happens. It's gripping the walls. Ghouls <laughs> watching Sesame. Ghouls watching Sesame Street. You see a cookie monster doing shit. He said, "How do you do it, man? How do you do it?" <laughs> it's like fucking he's a fucker, but he's why? not, man. <laughs> the guy just wants to eat cookies, man. They were all Why fucking so real, but they ate those fucking, those dosed cookies, dude. Those fucking trips ahoy. <laughs> yeah, That's exactly. Boy. That's why Cookie Monster was high on those cookies all the time, because they were pot cookies. They weren't regular cookies. Right? No regular <laughs> cookie in the world is going to make you go insane like him. Just <laughs> think you've had enough Cookie Monster. I'll tell you one of them. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that was really fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'd like to think I'd do a good cookie monster. Never know. <laughs> the only one to get high. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Give me my six for 30. Why, why do I feel like somewhere, somewhere buried in this is there's a fucking story of a party in which you fucking were cookie monster eating a bunch of fucking cookies in front of people? I probably was. way too fucking well. <laughs> Hey, back in my party days, I might have been that way. Just drunk, high, taking something I didn't know what it was, and I'm just laying on a couch eating trips away, going, nom, 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 me like cookie. <laughs> look what I, and everybody's like, look what I do, everybody. <laughs> That's impressive, man. You should, like, go on the road with that. Oh, you think me go on road? Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> I don't think it went that way. I think I was just drunk, and everybody's like, oh, he needs to leave. He's doing the cookie monster. He's getting cookies everywhere. He wore the blue shirt for a reason. We now know why. <laughs> <laughs> we'll look into Andy's early days. This is just the same one he wore last week, too. He thought we wouldn't notice. The fucking stain is still on it. Yeah, a bunch of chocolate stains on it. There's still crumbs from the last, you know, massacre he did of that box of cookies. No cookie safe around him. Uh, Every cat I just been high school, man. I remember, like, once in a fucking blue moon having that, like, that dread fucking fear of, like, like, my mother was a nightmare with, like, fucking making sure clothes were washed and shit like that. But just in the fucking event, like, there wasn't an extra pair of jeans or something, and you had to, like, double up two days in a row. It's like you had to fucking go over those damn things with, like, UV lights and shit just to make sure there wasn't, like, one nick, one little fucking thing that was going to show somebody in school that you wore the exact same pants two days in a row. Because you know some motherfucker was going to see and be like, bro, did you just wear those like yesterday, man? And you'd be like, nah, nah, man. Different what are you talking about? That thread that I see sticking out over there was the thread that I saw sticking out yesterday. I know because I was going to pull it. And it's like, nah, I, just, I, 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 like, I like to wear my threads out, bro. I'm sorry. 
I, I was poor, so I never had to worry about that. I would wear like fucking pants like two weeks in a row. I didn't give a shit. So what do you care? So look, Andy's wearing the same pants two weeks in a row. Fuck you, man. I'm poor. I only got two pairs of pants. I was, I was proud of that. Grew up in a fucking trailer. <laughs> Moving away from childhood memories, Dean, horror news, what do you got for us? The poor hearts. So, <laughs> there are so many different uh, avenues uh, within the horror genre. And are any of them electric? That, uh, Bookie, some of Bookie, them Bookie. are. Some of them are. And <laughs> when, uh, when they are, we make sure to rock down two uh, to, to join the fun. But uh, with that being said, one of the ghouls' favorites is the sound footage subgenre. <laughs> somebody beat uh, somebody he has, up. He has, been a, he has been a fan <laughs> of these films, uh, you know, especially during the horror era when every other horror film was found footage. It was his happiest time as a horror fan. Uh, so oh, absolutely. he is probably pleased to Who know loves those movies? that coming uh, on May 19th to Shudder, is going to be the original Shutter documentary, The Found Footage Phenomenon, which is going to Ooh. explore the origins of the found footage film, uh, the different techniques, and how it has changed uh, throughout the decades. Uh, this documentary is going to include interviews with uh, many uh, writers, directors, and performers uh, that have uh, graced our screens within the found footage uh, horror collection, uh, including hmm. uh, perhaps the grandfather of them all, uh, Ruggiero Diodato, uh, will be appearing uh, in this documentary. And uh, once again, on May 19th on Shudder, you will be able to check out the found footage phenomenon. Well, there you go. Well, we can watch it together since you're such a big fan. Because I love yeah, that. Yeah, uh, sure thing. I just as soon shove something up my ass. I do that realize you were such a fan. I mean, I know I'm a fan, but wow, look at that. We have something in common. Cool. Nice. I wanted to find out the fuck. Uh, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, found footage will never, ever, ever be something that I enjoy. <laughs> I don't mean that's good. Dude, I'm totally with yeah. you on that one, man. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a no from them dogs. But I'll watch it. I'll be there for it. I love found footage. Wear proudly on my sleeve. Have a bunch of those in my collection, including two coming in July from Visual Vengeance, Necrophiles, and Bloody Muscle Beetle from Hell. So can't wait for that Japanese Evil Dead. I love that genre. So I think I'm the only one that likes it, but that's okay. I'll, I'll wave that flag all on my own. And we have covered found footage on the show, so look up those episodes in our archive and hear the ghoul just talk about how much it was. <laughs> Wow, you went all like all Bob Ross on that shit. Have there been a few that I've enjoyed, but for the most part, no. It is, it is certainly not uh, a go-to <laughs> genre for me. It's one, it's one that I try to avoid like the plague. So. Mm. I mean, it's just it's one of like those things where the I mean, there, uh, there's a lot of bad ones out there, but at the same time, it's just like one of those things where during that era of the 80s and 90s, anybody with a camera could make one. I mean, it was the, the easiest thing to do, found footage. And then you could just make it work. And so that's why I, I kind of love that genre. 
Because just like tonight, we're going to prove to you that if you have some money in a camera, you too can make a movie. <laughs> so, you can make I'm moving on from, from on that dean. What else do you have for us? What are you talking about? Uh, I'm going to tell you right now. And, uh, you know, uh, Rawson. Oh, yes. Rawson uh, Marshall Thurber, who's hard at work on uh, two uh, Red Notice sequels. Uh, apparently has had a bidding war going on between Amazon, Universal, and Warner Brothers, and it seems that Amazon come out uh, the winner in the talks to be the streaming host to the live-action Voltron that Ross and Marshall Thurber uh, is, uh, has, has written uh, and is developing uh, to come after his Red Notice sequel. So if you have been waiting for the opportunity for a live-action Voltron, uh, you know, you're going to wait a little longer, but maybe not as long as you might have thought uh, just a few minutes ago. Uh, okay, yeah, so you're saying live-action film or live-action series? Uh, it is going to be a... <coughs> Uh, film, yeah. a live-action Voltron film. Good. Well, there you go, monkey. Run up your oh, alley, buddy. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, and I'm sober it's today. It's Morphin Time. <laughs> oh, that's the other one. What? That's oh, the other man. one. <laughs> I forgot there's the other yeah, one. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so, so we're one. in the middle of Voltron. the... <laughs> because they're... They're also in the middle of working on a live-action He-Man again, aren't they? So it's just there. I guess yeah. I'll try to bring live-action 80s cartoons back again. It's fucking Ooh. Silver that does do it. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I mean, you know, cool. Angelo Garcia. Angelo Garcia, that's who they should go for for it. Um, uh, yeah. You know what? Listen, uh, since I was fucking, what, I want to guess, 84, 85 was when Voltron, like, blew up here. Um, so I was probably about 7, 8 when Voltron, like, really hit hard here in the States. And it was the fucking coolest thing I'd ever fucking seen in the world at the time. So that iteration of myself is basically fucking creaming in his pants right now. Because you know what? If you would have told me then that, like, hey – there's a chance that you're going to see, like, a fucking real-life Voltron-looking thing. Even back in the 80s with the shitty-ass-looking technology they had then, with, you know, your Godzilla movies and your Ultraman and all that shit, I would have been stoked. But to put it into today's perspective, with the graphics that they have and the ability that they can, they can build some of this shit with computers, you know what? They need to make sure they cast, you know, for, for our main five. Uh, you need to cast. Yeah. You need to cast no names. You need to make these people, you know, if if not no names, they need to be minor players. Uh, case in point, uh, casting like Mark Wahlberg and uh, Holland, Tom Holland for Uncharted. Uh, hmm. There's a series that did not need that. That was a movie that could have done very well had they maybe casted people that were not so well-known in other roles. Um, Nathan Fillion. I think Princess. 
well, there is a there's actually is a fan made film. It's like a 14 minute short of Nathan like is Nathan Fillion fucking giving you all of your uncharted dreams uh, for 14 whole minutes, and then and then it, and then it's over. I, I watched it while I was in Pennsylvania. Um, it was it was it was actually better than it it really should have been. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think you know. Listen, with uh, with Voltron as a movie, I don't I don't hate it. Uh, I just hope they give us something that is. Let's not try to go deep. Let's not try to go realistic. Let's make this a fun action film with fucking lion bots that turn into a giant robot and kill giant monsters. You know, like Pacific Rim. Like I said, you kind of can't go wrong. You open the fucking toy chest, you pull out the biggest robot, you pull out the biggest monster, and you go, you knock them together, and fucking that's monsters and robots fighting. That is fucking every guy's wet dream, pretty much. Um, well, except for the monkey, who is not going to be happy about this. Uh, and yes, we <laughs> like Mario... You, you liked Mario Bava and fucking found footage movies and shit like that. The rest of us like robots right. and fucking fighting and sports. <laughs> don't. Um, don't. <laughs> you, 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 hey, well, yeah. Well, I'm hesitant about it just because of exactly what you said, Ghoul, where it's like they're going to sit there and try and go too deep into this thing when you don't need to. Just have fun with it. If you're going to sit there and do this project, do it right. Have it, you know, summer blockbuster thing, but... Don't feel as though you have to fill this movie with a whole bunch of backgrounds and, you know, deep stories and all that kind of shit. Just have fun with it. But also, don't give us Transformers, either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so, because that, that is problematic in its own. You know, like, don't... See, the, see, the problem is, in order to stay true to the main storyline, you've got to give them time to build the storyline. And that's where a series would work. But you're not going to get the right special effects, you know. Like, I, I, been, I know you started watching it too, Monkey, like the Halo series. You know, I like what they're doing with it, but the reason they're doing what they're doing with it is because it is a lower budget. It is a television series. They're, they're drawing everything out. You know, I wanted to see a lot of fucking Copeland and fucking for Spartan fighting already. Like, there needed to be a hell of a lot more fucking battles going on. Dude, yeah, I know, man. It's like, you know, I guess they're trying to play the long game on this this thing, you know, and establish a lot of world, like you were saying. You know, it's they're doing a lot of world building, but at the same time, they give us a lot of bureaucracy that we really don't fucking need when you see the words, you know, see the word Halo come up on the screen. You know, you just want fucking Spartans, you know, going on missions, doing that shit. Uh, yeah, we we don't need a whole lot of extra shit going on there where we don't need it to be, become like reading the Dune books. And you have yeah. all of this stuff going on between governments and agencies, you know, and people in the government and all of their fucking storylines. We don't need all that shit. <laughs> I guess they were fans of episodes one and two. Um, the, the, the rest of us, you know, kind of like the lightsaber fights and the rest of the movies can be pretty much fucking skipped. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, this is pod racing, sorry, um, I'm, I'm having fun, so I've, been playing, I've been playing too much fun, I've been playing too much Lego Star Wars, so since they, uh, since they did that whole reboot with that, but, yo, no, you know what sucks, I can't fucking play it right now, there's a glitch, I hit a glitch in episode 7, um, 
that is pretty much Dude. locked up by game. Cannot fucking go anywhere now until they fucking put a patch through. So it's that, or I have to reset the entire game and uh, and start from scratch, which I've already finished episodes one and two on. And uh, yeah, I've unlocked a bunch of shit. I'm not going through all that again. So I'll wait for a fucking patch. But yeah, it sucks. One of the like the main characters in the story, you can't fucking talk to her. As she won't talk, she won't engage in dialogue. I, I've checked it out on Reddit and all these fucking things. And uh, they, the company is aware of the problem, and they are working to resolve it, but nothing has happened yet. So. Oh, shit. <laughs> if, you, if you have the game, avoid Episode 7 at all costs. All the other, well, I mean, you can't do 8 and 9 until you do 7, so have at it with 1 through 6. <laughs> no, I have not gotten the game yet. Again, waiting. Uh, but yeah, uh, again. So uh, those of you listening at home, just be mindful of Episode Seven on the, the new Lego Star Wars game. I think they did it on purpose. Good advice. Good advice. They, didn't, they didn't like the new trilogy. What else you got, Dean? Well, I did want to ask. Didn't you uh, and a, a certain someone we know once like? split a bunch of money and buy like a full Voltron like toy set. Oh, I oh yeah, I uh, I am part owner with uh with Mr. Gilbert, the uh of the original oh. diecast metal lion bot. Yeah, we uh we split that many <laughs> many years ago. It's in it's in box. It has all its parts and uh it's opened, but it's 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 everything is in there and it sits safely at Jim's house. So, that's what I was going to ask. I was going to ask where it was currently located. That was my that was my question. Well, well, you know Mr. Gilbert, and you know I'm uh, I, I, I'm one to to allow him to to hold on to it for the for right. the time being. At some point, we're gonna have, we're gonna have to pick yeah. the bot up since uh, you know we will be we will be moving, or he'll he can pay me outright for my half. Um, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. Uh, one, uh, one, of, one of you is gonna, gonna have to buy out the other. One of you is gonna have to buy out the other. Like that's just the only way it's gonna gonna, gonna happen. <laughs> You should you should Just when the time indeed. comes you like you should be like given the given the increase in value that this must have since we purchased uh, I am just going to forego uh, paying my last rent check and uh, in exchange for that <laughs> you will get to keep uh, the Voltron action toy. Indeed, that's, I think that's a fine a fine a fine <laughs> idea. Uh, I agree. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Of what? what oh no! I was just gonna chime in and say, <laughs> I was gonna chime in and say, of of the lion sets, I had only the blue and the red lions, but then I did have the fifteen spaceship Voltron. So nice. <laughs> you know, I never got into that series as much as I got into the Lionbot series. Um, a little that that one got a little more convoluted, I felt, and like I know I know now, like obviously as a kid, I had no idea that they were like completely two different shows, and you know they were just bringing these shows over from Japan and calling them fucking Voltron here, you know over there they had completely different names. So like in my in my in my childhood mind, my childlike mind, I like came up with like a plot line in which that was like the future of what like, the lion bot world and all this and that. And, uh, but yeah, no, like I, I've, I've since now know that it's different. And there's a reason why I didn't like it because it's just not what I like. 
I like Lionbots. Plus, the fucking the Lionbots had a fucking character named Keith, man. The only other place I ever saw my name at that time was on the New York Mets, man, with Keith Hernandez. <laughs> and some kind of wonderful. <laughs> yes, but I didn't see that movie at that age. I didn't see that movie until, like, in the, the early 90s. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, Dean, what else you got? Lion's Gate. Speaking of lions, Lion's Gate. Wow. Uh, apparently, <laughs> is actively seeking pitches for a new Leprechaun sequel. They are seeking pitches for a new Leprechaun sequel, and apparently, a very well-known genre figure figure uh, is throwing figure. his hat figure. Uh, into the figure. ring. Uh, <laughs> The very, the very famous Darren Lynn Boozman uh, apparently has been talking about making a Leprechaun sequel for over a decade. And uh, apparently he's approaching Lionsgate with his idea, which he says is going to be a direct sequel and not a reboot, and that he would love okay. to bring Warwick, uh, Warwick Davis uh, back to the fold. And he said that this is going to be set in the Colorado gold rush with the leprechaun somehow hitching a ride to the old west in a time machine and he says that it's going to be <laughs> batshit and bonkers yep. so a batshit okay, already... and bonkers entry in the leprechaun series well they already did a direct sequel though to the original series bringing back original characters yes, they did. and the daughter of uh, what's her face's character, Jennifer, Jennifer Addison's Anderson. character. Yep. Um, yeah, they did. So, so yes, and and they even brought back the the heavy set kid, and and <laughs> and I won't lie, you know what? That's as far, yeah, that's as far as I made it in the movie. Because when I watched the, you know, spoilers, everybody, if you haven't seen the movie, that's fucking three or four years old already. Uh, <laughs> when the fucking kid gets killed, when the kid got killed, I was like, well, that's a fucking bummer. You know, he survived the fucking original film, and like it, it was listen. It was a bad movie too, which is also why I stopped it. But you know, it was uh, it is a direct sequel though, so so bad. It's been done, no? man. Yeah, Monkey and I liked it when we watched it. A lot of cool gore. Oh, oh, talking about the movie we watched uh, on St. Patrick's Day by Sci-Fi. Leprechaun Returns, yeah. Yeah, that, that one was fun, man. I was really surprised by the amount of fun gore that they got away with that thing on Sci-Fi. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was enjoyable, and it was a direct sequel. But, you know, he wants to bring in the time machine, so I'm okay with that. I think it's fucking hilarious to see him have a little time machine. I'll go back and get the gold. But first, the DeLorean. Holy shit, now we have a real crossover back to the future. <laughs> Damn it, Marty, the leprechaun stole the DeLorean again. Oh, man, this is heavy, Doc. The leprechaun just came in and just totally took the DeLorean. Oh, God damn it, Marty. First, when you feel it, make you mad. It's power of love. That's the power of love. <laughs> nothing, nothing fucking, nothing tells you about time travel like the power of love. God damn right. Dewey <laughs> Lewis nope. already told us about it. You get it. All right, so what else you got, Dean? Let's take a look. What else do I got? I'm here to tell you that so many of you oh. right here uh, listening to me right now are very much excited about the uh, 
Nicolas Cage featuring uh, Renfield film, which we talked about periodically here on the show. And Mm -hmm. I have learned that principal photography is complete. Universal has announced and they have given it the release date. Uh, You're going to be waiting a touch less than a year uh, and get a chance to check it out on April 14th, 2023. Can't wait. And this weekend, we have the new Nick Cage movie, The Immeasurable Weight of Massive Talent. So I'll definitely be going to see that this weekend. Where Nick Which Cage looks plays Nick quite Cage. Funny. It's yeah. funny. Yep. You know, I, uh, I'm going to wait for it to come out digitally. Uh, I'm not going to see it in the theater. I think if uh, we are going to, we might go to the theater this weekend uh, to see The Northman. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah. That is, yeah, that is releasing, again. and uh, I'm fucking excited for it. So, Me too. I can't wait. So I think I'm going to do Northman on Saturday and then uh, Massive Talent on Sunday. We'll see how it goes, but yeah, I want to catch both, especially with the Northman. Those trailers look fucking tits. This has me excited. Mm-hmm. The Viking yeah, Quest Revenge movie. I watched like half of the second trailer today, the one that came out a couple of days mm-hmm. ago. And, uh, and the yeah. only reason, again, I only watched half of it because I want surprises, you know? It looks Spoilers, like a, yeah. It looks like it's, it's going to be another fucking weird ride of a film, and I am fucking down for it. Yeah, I can't wait. Ever since, you know, Lighthouse, The Witch, Robert Eggers doesn't let me down yet, so I'm looking forward to this one. I only watched the first trailer. I didn't watch the second one yet, because like you said, I don't want spoilers. I watched the first one, my dick got hard, and I was like, all right, I'm good. I don't need to see the second one, because I don't want anything else spoiled for me. You know, no extra scenes. So. No. Yeah. That's, Especially that's, that was that's a hard movie theater. Yeah. Well, because it, just, it got me right there. It got me rock hard, because I just like what he does. So, yeah, that's a theater, but that's on a rental. So, yeah, got to see the Northman in theaters. I can't see that on a TV at my house. You got to experience that in a theater with the surround sound and the big ass screen. That's really going to make it pop. Yeah, with the way he builds worlds and like even with like the lighthouse, you know, he used oh, yeah. your he used your senses, you know, your sense of, of, of obviously sight, but also that sound to like really fucking mm-hmm. unnerve you. Like some of the sounds that came out of that fucking screen during that movie were just like they were like bone rattling, you know. Mm, yeah, that soundtrack was just amazing especially when you see it in the theater with surround sound. It stuck with you, you know. That's, you know, what I thought was like the high mark, but then I see him doing this action movie with Alexander Skarsgård, Willem Dafoe, Anna Taylor-Joy. I was like, holy shit. Now he's just giving us the gore and the violence. I, like, I can't wait. We shall see. That's going to be a lot of Yeah, that was, that's, what sold, that's what sold the ghoul girl on it, uh, the Alexander Skarsgård. She was a big fan of his from uh, True Blood, so. Yeah who played Eric Northman on that show. Funny how he goes back to the Northman for this one. Indeed. (laughs) All right, Dean, what's next? What do we got? Mike Flanagan has been very successful with all of the different uh, properties that he has brought to Netflix. And uh, we have talked here on the show about how he was developing a fall of House of Usher uh, limited series uh, based on the work of Edgar, uh, inspired by Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, mm-hmm. This series on Netflix has started filming in February, uh, but it was just announced that Frank Langella, uh, who had been cast as Roderick Usher, the 
towering patriarch of the Usher dynasty, uh, has been fired for unacceptable conduct on set Ooh. toward a female co-star. Uh, they have announced Ooh. that all of the scenes that he was featured in are going to have to be reshot, and currently the series is to continuing to film uh, everything outside of his involvement while they look for the appropriate replacement uh, to take over the role of Roderick Usher. That's got to be tough. Hmm. Like half in the can, half done, and then all of a sudden this happens. Now you got to recast, you got to reshoot. That's, that's a setback. That's going to be tough. You know, how do they go back and do all that? So we'll see how it plays out with uh, Mr. Langella. Yeah, I heard there's some pretty serious allegations against him you know, on set. Wouldn't think so. Guy's been working long enough. Clean record. Now all of a sudden now reaches that age. I guess he just wants to be a little bit randy on set. Who knows? How do you know that he has a clean record? There could be a whole lot of shit we just haven't heard about before. Well, maybe never. Maybe this is his first time. He's at that age where he's like, you know, I'm old enough. I could slap a little ass every now and then. I'm Frank Langella. Who knows? Uh-oh. <laughs> it is what it is. He's Skeletor. <laughs> <laughs> and he's also Dracula. He did that great we, we, know Dracula with we know what Skeletor is all about. Boning. Evil. He's about <laughs> meeting oh, girls. He's about meeting guys. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't play either. He plays either side. Skeletor's a fun guy. <laughs> That's you right, you bad. <laughs> <laughs> Look at my boner, He-Man. <laughs> okay, Skeletor, that's over the line. That's over the line, He-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you my nub. <laughs> I mean, good God, He-Man, look at you. With your loincloth and your glistening muscles. How am I not supposed to get turned on right now, He-Man? <laughs> It's like you're putting in front of me, like a buffet. <laughs> he may like just trying to like slide off screen to the side. <laughs> Don't you slide away from me, no, He-Man. I... You're not done here. <laughs> My favorite guy is many faces. Three mouths. <laughs> <laughs> and now they all look sad because he knows what I did last weekend in Toho. <laughs> Don't be sad, many faces. You are fine. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Here, I, thought I, man, I thought I was a man at arms. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's clearly uh, straight. He's not going to be down for some clowning. <laughs> Who was the guy with the forearms? I always forget it. It might have been forearm, actually. You know what? <laughs> the fucking He-Man toys and characters weren't all that like fucking like smartly named. It was quite basic. You know, like I, I forget that sometimes. Yes. You know, for the I did I was shocked though the other day I forget I was looking something up because I was trying to do a, a little bit of photoshopping, and uh, I totally forgot that Ram Man was actually a good guy. I always thought he was a bad guy, <laughs> and, and I think it's because he looks like Juggernaut. You know, so since those two characters look so similar, I think I just always assumed he was a villain. <laughs> I have questionable names, Ram Man. <laughs> There's nothing questionable about that. He just likes a ram man. 
Yeah, he, he just likes to ram things. And He-Man likes to keep him around for some reason. Likes to dock, too. Uh, you know he does. That's just a Saturday night. An attorney. <laughs> him and He-Man just having a great night out. Well, would you like to dock with me, Ram Man? I think I would like that very much, He-Man. <laughs> Until next time, Ram <laughs> The more you know. <laughs> okay, Dean, what else is next? Uh, this is what is next, King. I'm glad you asked. Yeah. So, Hell yeah. Uh, filmmaker uh, Darren Aronofsky, uh, who has made uh, hmm. such notable films as Pi, Requiem for a Dream, Black Swan, hmm. and Mother, has written... A kids has written a kids horror book uh, for middle school age kids that is going to be called the Monster Club. Uh, he has teamed up the Harper Collins Publishing House, and on September 13th of this year, uh, the first uh, in a series of young adult horror books will be released uh, that will be about growing up. Uh, letting go and facing down your own monsters. Uh, so Darren hmm. Aronofsky entering the world of young adult fiction. Well, it could be interesting. You know, see how that turns out. Make a young adult version of Requiem for a Dream. I'm sold. <laughs> I'd, what I'd love to, to ask. ask. Don't ask. I'd love to say, you know, how he tackles uh, Mother in that mode, but that's just called the Bible. So, so we go. <laughs> that, that book already exists in young adult form, too. Check out your that's local bookstore, kid. Okay? <laughs> or if you don't want to do that, just drama. check out the, <laughs> just check out the anime, The Flying House. <laughs> oh, there you go. See? A whole bunch of options. So... We'll have to see when those books hit the shelves and how they do. But all right, what's next, Dean? Shutter, everyone's favorite horror streaming service, uh, is mm-hmm. once again teaming up with Fangoria to present the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards, uh, celebrating uh, all that is right in the world of horror on. May 15th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, you will be able to watch the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards live, and then they will be streaming on Shudder starting the next day, the 16th. Uh, Once again, uh, David uh, Dastmalchian is going to be hosting, and uh, there will be presentations from uh, classic genre standbys such as Joe Dante, Melissa Rose, D. Wallace and more. So if you want to tune in for the uh, horror genre version of the Academy Awards, uh, you can check out the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards on Shutter Live on May 15th, streaming on May 16th. Wow, Polka Dot Man himself is hosting. That's awesome. I'm definitely going to be checking that out. I've been saying for the longest time they need to bring back the horror awards. Bring it back to us. You know, they used to have all those award shows back in the day. Now they're bringing it back to the Chainsaw Awards. I'm excited for that. I'll be watching. Well, they they listened to you. They listened to you. They listened to you. Well, they didn't listen to me. You know, they just, they're doing they their thing, but still. <laughs> all of Dean's international fans were it made it happen. 
all of, all of the, you know, his hot French <laughs> fans <laughs> made it. Oh, we need to make the Dean happy. <laughs> Draw me like one of your French girls, Dean, as you wish. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm excited for the horror Who's going to get slapped at the Chainsaw Awards? That's what we have to find out. Indeed, indeed, indeed. I, 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 I think they're going to behave much better than the Oscars. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. show up and just slap somebody at the Chainsaw Awards. He's banned at the Oscars, not the Chainsaw Awards. He can slap whoever he wants. Oh, no, that's when Kane Hodder is going to grab him by the fucking throat and be like, no, not here, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I love doing Independence Day, but no, get the fuck out of here. This is horror work. <laughs> yes, King Daddy. That's right. <laughs> Jada, why are you looking at him? Stop looking at him, Jada. <laughs> <laughs> Stop paying attention to him. King, get my wife's name out your mouth. I didn't say her name. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dean, what's next? What do you got? Chucky. Season two uh, has begun filming, and they, I guess, finally have gotten around to announcing that once again, uh, Senor Durham uh, is returning uh, to voice uh, the character of Chucky. Uh, I mean, I would imagine that this was a like an open secret or known, but not announced. Uh, but I haven't right. uh, seen anything about it. But uh, with the announcement that they did start filming season two, came the announcement of of Durham's continued involvement. So, uh, King, I believe, uh, uh, are you the only uh, talking terror personality that did watch the whole season of Chucky or uh, Ghoul or Monkey? Have you seen this as well? I have not. I only watched watched the first episode. I only watched the first episode. I stand alone as always. Watched every episode. It was great. A lot of fun. So, anyway, uh, yes, you are such a hero, King. And, King, if you are looking forward to the second season uh, have no fear okay. that uh, Chucky will once again sound as he has sounded uh, throughout the history of the character. It was a lot of fun. Came with season two. Bring it on. I'm always ready for more Chucky. Oh, great. Now. Right. I know. It's great. There <laughs> is another documentary on the way. Uh, this one is called Lynch Oz. And apparently this documentary is going to explore the impact that the Wizard of Oz has had on David Lynch's uh, career. Uh, Crazy Heart. The the documentary is currently being presented uh, to buyers. And, uh, you know, with that being said, uh, there is no timetable for when there might be an opportunity to see this. Uh, This project sounds like something that might be interesting uh, to you uh, to see. I can tell you with certainty that I will never watch Lynch Oz, but I can only speak for myself. No, because I will. I know you did one chance. So. And he trolled everybody this year at Cannes because there was supposedly a secret David Lynch project happening at uh, the Cannes Film Festival and they're like, oh, here it comes. There's a secret film. It's going to be David Lynch's movie. We're excited for it. He just went on the YouTube and said, nope, sorry. Not me. Have fun, everybody. Okay. Oh, He's not releasing a secret film. 
Yeah, it was going on for a couple oh. weeks where it was like, oh, it could be a new David Lynch movie. No, he said that. Nope. Sorry, guys. Not me. Enjoy the festival. <laughs> like, that's awesome. <laughs> I love David Lynch. <laughs> Building everybody up and then just, nah, sorry. I don't know that he built anybody up. Like, he didn't say, oh, I might have a secret film. Uh, oh, no, like, he did. That was just reported. Yeah, he played into it. Oh. oh. On his well, weather report fine. on YouTube that you should watch. He built it up a little bit, you know, kind of toyed with people. Fine, then. Well, you know, I watched the David Lynch weather report on YouTube. It's fascinating. I love him. That man is a director. Well, Can't so really talk about it on the show too much because it's not horror. But, yeah, Wild at Heart was a big one. That was uh, Wizard of Oz inspired. Nicholas Cage, Laura Dern. What a fucking movie. Uh, One of my favorite David Lynch movies. Dude, I, I totally J.O.'d to the fucking scene where she gets fingered in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the sex scenes between them in that movie. Oh, so good. How could you not? Uh-oh. And him in his snakeskin Fair jacket would represent his freedom and individuality. <laughs> I was a, a hard and horny teenager, so it didn't take much to to get me uh, ready ready for action. Oh yeah, no, yeah. When you're out, you're <laughs> that age, wall, anything goes. For that, it hasn't, it hasn't for me, it was uh, at all. <laughs> at all. <laughs> no, yeah, no. For me, it was uh, Chasers with uh, Erica Elenaik and Tom Berger was in that movie. She had a sex scene in that movie. I was like, oh man, as a teenager, I was like, yes, this is it. This is top tier entertainment. First blonde push I ever saw, man, was her in Playboy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I remember seen? us, like, we totally fucking, we went to, like, the, the deli in Staten Island that we knew we could get away with, like, fucking getting a fucking Playboy magazine out of that we had it stashed in the drop ceiling in my basement. <laughs> Perfect place to hide that. Oh, yeah. All right, Dean. So what's next? What do you got? I recently talked about how the Robert Eggers Nosferatu project had been put on hold because of the uh, news that Harry Styles had dropped out of the project. Uh, Eggers had been hoping to get this made with uh, with co-star Anna Taylor-Joy, and uh, a Harry Styles announcement came uh, right when this film was about to go into production. So... Uh, speaking recently, Edgar said that he believes that maybe the ghost of the original Nosferatu director is uh, trying to tell him something because he said that uh, the styles dropping out was not the first uh, thing that happened that has caused uh, big delays to his overarching vision. Uh, he says that uh, he doesn't know why uh, it has been so hard uh, to get this project off the ground. Uh, but maybe uh, that that ghost of, again, the original Nosferatu director is trying to tell him something. So uh, if this is a film that you've been looking forward to, um, you should probably, uh, you know, release any expectations you have for uh, possibly getting a chance to see it if it ever actually goes into production, especially given uh, how busy it looks like Anna Taylor-Joy's schedule is over the next two years. So, um the Nosferatu uh, film uh, maybe uh, is not going to be seeing the light of day. Well, I mean, it's interesting if F.W. Murnau from the grave 
is uh, of making this not happen because he let that 2000 movie, Shadow of the Vampire, happen. That was the uh, E.L.I.'s Murridge movie with uh, uh, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Yeah, which is interesting. And I thought that that was a really, really good, man. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was interesting. It was like the making of Nosferatu. And and whether or not, uh, you know, this Kent Warlock is an actual vampire or not. So, very interesting movie. But if he allowed that to happen, I can't imagine why he wouldn't allow uh, a retelling of Nosferatu to happen. But yeah, we'll see. Time will tell. Because we could see it in the future. Maybe not. But I know that uh, Karen Kusama, her Dracula movie was axed as well. So she has a movie that she was developing for Dracula, and it got axed. They uh, are not letting that move forward. So it gets kind of sad to see that. Yeah, it got the stake right through the heart. Man, vampire movies dropping like Lost Boy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know why Karen Kusama's project got dropped, but, uh, yeah, they just uh, didn't have any interest anymore. So maybe vampires are on the way out. Who knows? But I doubt it because AMC has that uh, interview with the vampire series coming out. So. Yep. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah. So and yeah, um, we have so I'm starting so to need a break from starting to see commercials, vampires, man. <laughs> we, we really do. We just yeah, we we need a moratorium on vampires. Yeah, zombies and vampires. Both of them just need to take a back seat for a while. But I mean, then again, what do you put in their place? Mummies, werewolves. I don't even know if that's very interesting. Well, we have mummies because we have Moon Knight going on right now, <laughs> which we'll talk about, talk about once that series is done. <laughs> but, yeah, we got that shit going on, too, over in the MCU. Awesome. <laughs> there are, indeed, mummies. <laughs> well, there you go. So you get your mummy fill with uh, Moon Knight. You know, no werewolves. So, yet, anyway, who knows? Well, that's when Marvel, don't forget, this Halloween is putting out Werewolf by Midnight. The Halloween special. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, werewolves <laughs> coming back at two. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's one of those things where it just needs to take over. But, yeah, vampires and zombies overdone needs to kind of finish up. I mean, I know that The Walking Dead, even though they're wrapping up, they're like, yeah, but we got like three spinoffs. So we're not going away anytime soon, people. It's like, oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, AMC is all in. Uh, shit, yeah, us, us as pensioners sitting in the old folks' homes say, back in our day, there was only one Walking Dead show. <laughs> it was based on a comic book. <laughs> not, the, not, not the 20 shows that's on TV now. <laughs> I remember when it was all about Rick and him and his family, and then all of a sudden now we got all these different spinoffs. Yep, Did you know there used to be zombies in these movies? Man, in my day we had zombies. Not all this talking, talking shit. <laughs> I want my zombies. And they didn't give it to us after a while. They just said enough, and we're just going to have dramas where the zombies are in the background. <laughs> they were just waiting for George Mero to die. As soon as that guy goes, we can just make whatever we want. <laughs> So we'll see what the next iteration is. I mean, I could use another slasher resurgence, but you know, we'll see if that happens. 
nothing's going to beat that golden age, unfortunately. Yes, we but, will. Uh, yes, we will. We'll see if that happens. I would love to see it happen. I mean, we already got Scream earlier this year. We're going to get another one next year. So we're going to get uh, the Fast and the Furious style uh, movies now. We already got Fast <laughs> 10 coming out. Fast X. Just announced by Vin Diesel today. What is that? Just gonna, I, saw, I saw the picture. I was like, what is it? Just a really short porn? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, like I said in the group chat, they missed out. Fast 10, your seatbelts. Mm. a great title. Uh, a little more. <laughs> How are they going to bring back the walker? I wouldn't have liked it, but it would have worked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dean, what else do you got to talk about? So, uh, long uh, genre standby, uh, director, uh, unique creative artist and visionary, Guillermo del Toro, uh, his uh, latest Nightmare Alley, uh, which was a Best Picture nominee, has been available for uh, viewing on physical media, and it's also been hosted on HBO Max and Hulu. Uh, But it's been announced that coming uh, to Hulu on April 25th, there's going to be another mm-hmm. version of this film, uh, Nightmare Alley, Vision in Darkness and Light, which is going to be a black and white version of this film. Uh, so an opportunity to check out uh, Nightmare, Alley, Nightmare Alley in black and white. Uh, Del Toro had this to say. He said, although we shot Nightmare Alley in color, we lit it as if it were black and white. You can see exactly the same level of design, and we wanted to give viewers this special vantage as a take of the classic noir genre that the film is part of. That movie's so good. I love, love <laughs> Nightmare Alley. It was so good. Uh, I can't wait to check it out in black and white. I had such a great time with that movie. Uh-huh. So. I, I don't disagree, but you know, at the same time, too, I'm kind of... Like, I, I know this is like a gimmick that, that directors have been doing lately, you know? And, like, mm-hmm. we saw this yeah. in Zack Snyder. We saw this mm-hmm. fucking the Mad Max movie. And now we're seeing mm-hmm. it with this. And it's kind of like, look, you know what? If you want to, like, we saw with The Lighthouse, right? There wasn't two versions yeah. of The Fucking Lighthouse that came out. No. They, you know, the director <laughs> no. saw it as a black and white movie, and he made a fucking black and white movie. If you envision yep. your film, you want to light your film like a black and white movie, then make it a fucking black and white movie and just have it set once, you know? Nightmare Alley is a long film. It's a long commitment yes, to watch that movie. So, so having to do it all over again without being added features and just it being in black and white, eh, I don't know. I'll probably skip it this time around. Just like I did with the Justice League shit. I never watched that Justice yeah. is great crap. They can suck my fucking balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you make a great point. You know, I mean, I might check it out just because I just want to see how, you know, he did it in black and white and different shading. And now we have that idea of doing it in black and white. I don't know. Um, I just, I need to revisit that movie. I haven't watched it in a couple months. So it might be good for a revisit in the black and white version because, you know, that movie just impressed me so much you know, from start to finish. So I'll see what it looks like in, in the black and white version. Never saw the new Justice League movie, the black and white version, or the Zack Snyder cut. So I can't say whether or not I would enjoy it, but I saw Justice yeah, League. I, and, I, I, I put the Justice's Grey version on and fast-forwarded all the way to the end because I had heard that 
Like, I guess the, the Joker sequence was a little bit different in the black and white version or something. Oh, I'll be okay. honest with you. Yeah. you know, I, I, never, I never even bothered trying to figure out if there was a difference because it was still better than any that was in the original Justice League movie. And it was pretty much, it felt the same to me as what it was in Zack Snyder's movie. But the fact that you had to go four fucking hours just to get to that sequence, well, that was problematic. Yeah. And, and, yeah, uh, you know, like, and without spoiling the new uh, Batman movie with Robert Pattinson, I mean, Ghoul and I talked about it because uh, they released an additional scene that wasn't in the movie with uh, Brandon Kehoe playing a titular character. That should have been in the movie. Like, that fucking scene alone would have just made me so excited for the rest of the movie. But they, they deleted it, and but they released it on YouTube. And, man, was it worth it. So, like that, so they like really- that just scene alone made it fun. <laughs> So I heard that the movie is now available on HBO Max. So that scene is not yeah. part of the HBO Max thing. You still have to go to YouTube to get this extra no, scene. No, no, no. It's, it's a scene that was cut out of the – like, you know, they just yeah. left it on the cut. Oh, okay. They didn't want to bring yep. – so you can watch it on YouTube, though, if you've seen the movie. Really, it doesn't matter if you've seen the movie. I don't think it will even spoil much. It's, no, it's just kind of – None, not at all. It's, it's him doing a Hannibal Lecter-esque uh, – Type of sequence is about the yeah. best I can give you as a, a non-spoiler yeah. hint. That's cool. And it just it it's fucking brilliant. So yeah, it, you don't need to see the movie to watch that deleted scene. It doesn't take away from the movie. It doesn't add anything. So if you just watch that, you'll be like, all right, that's cool. And then if you want to check out the Batman and invest two hours and fifty-five minutes, well, God bless you. I know I did. I know the ghoul did. That scene was just wow. perfect. You know what? I put it on on HBO Max the other evening and made it about uh, 20 minutes or so. I was I was still liking, you know, I I found myself mm-hmm. liking it I think a little bit more this time around than I did the, the first time. But but I found yeah. it to be the perfect movie to then fall asleep to and go to bed. So, yeah. you know what? 3 hours 3 hours <laughs> long, it works. I would say that's pretty probably apropos to put that on the fall asleep to. I mean, you've already seen it. I've already seen it. But it's kind of one of those movies where, yeah, you can fall asleep. Like, you already know what's going to happen. But, uh, but, yeah, so. Similar to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, did run into yeah. an issue in which uh, the Riddler is screaming in the one scene, and that woke mm-hmm. me the fuck right out of my dead sleep, thinking somebody <laughs> was fucking, like, you know. Somebody was assaulting somebody somewhere in my household. I was like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> So, yes, that, that is also <laughs> yeah. a timer movie. That That is what I started doing with the uh, Once Upon a Time, because I love going to sleep. <laughs> and at least, now, at least now I can do that and, and not have that psycho bitch fucking wake me up when her head's lit on fire. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know. It's so great. Who was also in Scream, the new one that just came out. Had a similar fate, as we talked about on the show. Um, but Okay. So, Dean, uh, do you have anything else before we get into the movie for tonight? Uh, yeah, yes, I do, King. Uh, and, you know, this might be uh, of interest to, like, a portion of our hosts, but I have learned that Shout Factory, uh, who has uh, – Shout Factory and Scream Factory have done a fantastic job uh, bringing yeah. uh, lost classics to the masses or to the small mm-hmm. genre audience that is their, uh, you know – their target demographic, uh, but with restorations and DVDs and Blu-rays. And given that 
the Sam Raimi-directed Marvel Cinematic Universe film Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is finally going to reach theaters on May 5th. Shout Factory has announced the 6th are going to be bringing the 1978 TV movie version of Doctor Strange to Blu-ray. They're currently accepting pre-orders. This film was written and directed by Philip Ware. It is starring Peter Hooten, who was in Orca. It's also starring Jessica Walter, Clyde Kusatsu, Philip Sterling, uh, John Mills, uh, and more. Uh, it's coming tonight. It's coming to Blu-ray uh, with a high-definition transfer and restoration from the original film elements, uh, as well as new audio commentary by pop culture historian Russell Dyball and the panel jumper host uh, Cole Hornaday. Uh, Shout Factory is only making 1,500 copies of this disc, so if you want wow. the opportunity to own the Doctor Strange 78 uh, on Blu-ray, uh, you should probably take this opportunity uh, to get your order in. Uh, it's currently available for pre-order. Uh, it's uh, clocking in at $26.98. And it's looking like it's featuring also on regular DVD uh, for $13.98. So, if, wow. uh, okay. you know, uh, if you want to be one of fifteen hundred people to to own own it, uh, you should probably uh, move quickly uh, because there's yeah. no. Uh, they say it says right here on the Shout Factory page, special offer. Uh, this ShoutFactory.com exclusive is limited to fifteen hundred units. That's one thousand five hundred units. I've never even heard of this movie. <laughs> really? Oh no! Oh really? man! Oh, God, you know, it's, it's so good. It's like it, monkey. It's, like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a horror film. It really is. It is, yeah. That's why they got, uh, why they got fucking Derrickson for Doctor Strange to begin with, but then they yep. decided they didn't want to make it a horror movie anymore. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's like a 70s porno, but Doctor Strange and horror, and yeah, it's, it's so good. I saw it years ago, and I just, I regretted having it on VHS because it's long gone now, but man. Fucking love Doctor Strange, the original Doctor Strange. It just goes in so many weird directions. Where it's like, is this a porno or is it a Marvel movie? I don't know. It's so good. Damn, I gotta look into this. Okay, cool. Uh, thanks, Dean. <laughs> you know, I just, I just want everyone to have a fair opportunity to to own pieces of properties that they love so much. I myself Those have are never heard prices. of this before. Uh, yeah. I've never heard of this where, before. Where, uh, where did you say it was, Dean? I'm sorry. I'm trying to find it. Scream right Factory. Where, uh, scream Shout Factory. factory. Not, not Shout. No, no, no. Shout, shout, shout Factory. Shout or Scream? Okay. Uh, shout Factory. Shout. I'm sending, I'm going to put the link, I'm going to put the link in our in our chat uh, right now. Uh, I would love that. Yeah. I'll send the direct purchase link uh, to, our, to our chat. Um, yeah, you. yeah, yeah definitely fucker. send that because I would, I might want to buy a copy. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, it will be okay. the one Marvel so, movie that he has on his soul self. <laughs> no, I have a couple Marvel movies. You know that, Monkey. I got Avengers. I got Civil War. I have uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. So I have a couple Marvel physical copies on my shelf. That, Monkey. So, 
All there right. you go. So Link is, is coming it? in. Uh, yeah, that is it. And for those of you that are looking for this purchase, uh, the link is hot. And in our chat uh, right now, you guys, it should be popping up in your notifications any second. Uh, the I might be going for it. So yes. That way, the monkey don't might wait. have a viewing night. Don't, don't wait. <laughs> don't wait. Only 1,500 copies. Yeah, that's that's not a lot, and it's affordable prices. So the monkey and I could have a viewing that of the original Doctor Strange. All right, so all right, Dean. So it's your film pick of the week, Killer Rack from 2015. Why don't you give us a synopsis and your thoughts, and we're going to kick this thing off. So yes, Killer Rack from 2015, directed by Greg Lamberson, uh, written by Paul McGinnis, who does play the character of Tim uh, in the film, and hmm. Killer Rack. Uh, follows uh, the sad life of Betsy, <clears throat> I mean Betty, uh, who just or feels <laughs> insufficient uh, compared to all of the women around her who seem to be uh, advancing their lives and careers uh, strictly due to the size of their breasts, of which uh, Betty feels inadequate, like there's nothing there. Uh, her boyfriend... Uh, even looks for excuses uh, to not have sex with her uh, because of her chest. So in a moment of desperation, she visits an, a plastic surgeon uh, who worships H.P. Lovecraft's elder gods and decides to give uh, Betty a augmentation uh, that is part of a diabolical plot uh, to take over the world and then uh, much controversy ensues. Um, so there we have the loose synopsis of, or the busty synopsis of Killer Act. And uh, I will say Ooh. that, uh, ample, you know, the ample, uh, synopsis. The ample, <laughs> ample synopsis. The enhanced synopsis. Uh, you know, when all is said and done, uh, you know, I found there to be some, some, some laughs here in this film. Obviously, uh, entertaining as they may have been, the effects left a lot to be desired, and as well as the, the acting performances in this, you know, obviously low-budget feature. But I found there to be much fun. I, I myself am, uh, who has always been a fan of uh, musicals and musical numbers, like appreciated uh, some of the, the songs. And, uh, of, of course, uh, you know, appearance uh, from Uncle Lloyd, uh, Dr. Foyne. And, uh, you know, uh, this is, you know, not the best film that we've ever covered on Talking Terror by any stretch of the imagination. But, um, like, I found some level of entertainment value here in some ways. Also, still okay. not the worst. Cool. What do you think? No, about, you, uh, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, 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 I still get that, that, that lovely, lovely, lovely thing. Uh, okay, so, like, you know, Killer Rack. You announced this last week. I was like, all right, at least. It's gonna be a, <laughs> what are you doing? It's going to be a – no, I mean, look, you know, again, at this point, we've, we've done the show with you long enough to where I don't have much hope for, like, quality with the films that you pick. And that's okay. <laughs> you know what? Normally, it's at least there's, there's some entertainment value to be had. 
you know, it may not be the greatest film in the world, but there was something in it somewhere that somebody liked enough for you to find it in a list and therefore add it to your own. So, so, so for that and for our friendship, I, I, I take that into consideration. Um, I do, I do, I appreciate what you're saying, and I do, I do just want to interject very quickly, and I just want to say that I, I do, and I say this in seriousness, that I have, I do have high hopes for what my next pick is going to be uh, for the enjoyment of our, of our hosts, and I say that in all seriousness, but carry on, please. So, so you know, I'm figuring, all right, Killer Rack, this movie, at the very least, should have nudity and, and, and nudity and, and tit and fart and jokes and, you know, that kind of stuff. And then there was the movie that I watched, which, you know, for a movie about an enhanced breast fucking chick had very little to do with, with boobs. Um, you, you really didn't see them anywhere near as much as, as one would expect. Uh, the, 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 the other funny backstory for Greg Lamberson, you know, you know how when you're, you're friends with somebody on Facebook for like, I don't know, for however long that you're friends with them, like you, but you just, you choose never to unfriend them for whatever reason. Uh, Greg was mm-hmm. one of those people that I, I was friends with for, for quite some time. Now, I'd never seen any of really? those movies. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and I just, uh, I, I'm sure through the horror con and through mutual friends and shit like that. Uh, it was until, it was like some time recently, though, that I unfriended him. I, it, it might have been a political post. I, I know which way he leans, but, like, I don't like anybody hardcore on either side of the political spectrum, um, whether you're fucking red or blue. But whatever it was, I was just like, you know what? I have no reason to be friends with this guy. I'm never going to see a movie this guy has ever made. Ah, I'm uh, don't be so sure. <laughs> and you know what? As, as the movie's credits rolled, and I look and I see Greg Lamberson, and I go, holy fuck, I know that guy. And sure as shit, there we go. We finally fucking covered his movie. And the guy, Tim O'Hearn, who played Gears. Uh, I think the character's name was uh, one of the one of the fucking dudes that stood at the corner, fucking you know, catcalling the chicks and shit. Uh, he was, oh, was actually Bob in. Guys. He was in the theater of terror film that I was in. He was in one of the other segments. Oh, okay, cool. So, so there were all kinds of fucking degrees of separation here. <laughs> I'm like Kev, Kevin Bacon. Now, did I like the movie? No, obviously not. I did not enjoy the movie. Uh, you know, the last ten minutes of the movie are all that need to be watched. Mm, yeah. Okay. So, Monkey, what did you think about Killer Rack? Uh, again, this movie, you take it, you, t- you take the cover art that's involved here, uh, you, you take all the promises that the dean had given last week about how there's going to be lots of bounciness involved and this and that and the fact that Lloyd Kaufman's involved. So I'm here in the same camp as the ghoul where – you know, okay, this is going to suck, but at least we'll be entertained with lots of bounciness all over the screen. You know, am I a pig sometimes? Yes, I am. And it's just when I want to be a fucking pig, I want to be a fucking pig. And this movie wasn't going to let me be that. This movie, like, was just failing on the comedy. It was failing on the, you know, just the TNA that was possibly there. Like last week's movie, this movie, like, just didn't quite go where it should have. If it had just been willing to and be more raunchy and you know be more vulgar, 
at least that maybe this movie could have been somewhat entertaining. So King. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. I mean, I know last week, uh, Monkey, you had said that uh, the movie that uh, the Gould pick, Beast Your Day, was the worst movie that we have ever covered. Well, I have an objection because I watched Killer Rat. So I think I would say that this is easily, you know, my my personal pick for the worst, you know, that we've ever covered um, because it's just the uh, even Wood Kaufman can't save it. <laughs> it's just so unfortunate. Because you know how much I'm a, a Lloyd fan and trauma fan. This, this, this movie is so many empty calories. There's nothing to it. The plot is threadbare. You know, the acting is intentionally bad. You know, where it's like, we get it. You know, you're intentionally being bad. But Greg Lamberson in 1988 directed Slime City. I love that movie. So I don't know what went wrong here. It's just the fact that he had some money and nobody told him no. So he just went ahead and, and made the movie that we get which is Killer Rack, um, you know, and, and, and right from the get-go, yes. I mean, we have Debbie Rashawn playing Dr. Kate Thulu. <laughs> Get it? Cthulhu, Kate Thulu, who has her experiments going on where she can't find the right vessel. And by the way, Debbie Rashawn, who ghosted me many times to do an interview on the show, so not really a big fan of her because she was always in, and then all of a sudden <laughs> she would back out. So not exactly the biggest fan of Debbie Rashawn. Work on your powers here with their chief. Oh, is she She's the one just, that uh, we were we were supposed to interview for Slime City? Yep, and she she said I'll be there, and then she bounced out and never contacted me again. So it's it's fine, you know. I don't, I don't hold grudges that way. I just I move on. Um, but yeah, it, this movie has Betty being the less than ample chested woman who, like the uh, dean had said, she works for a company where everybody with big breasts seems to be getting ahead instead of her. Her boss can't keep up with her name calls her Betsy, calls her Becky, doesn't really know um, what to call her because she doesn't have boobs, apparently. They, people spray paint on her door, flatty boy, <laughs> when she's trying to leave for work. And like, okay, people in this town really don't like the fact that she doesn't have boobs, so that's fine. Um, you know, the, the, the fake Jay and Silent Bob cat callers that come back throughout this movie, you know, not liking her, but liking everybody else. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It just—it was just one of those movies where, as we get through it, it just gets more difficult. <laughs> and like the Google said, yeah, if you want to watch this movie, just watch the last like couple minutes, and it's like it's fine. Um, but yeah, so we have Betty just kind of navigating through life, where she has these people at work that make fun of her because of her top. Um, but we have Tim, who honestly, I was like, is he gay? Is he straight? We don't really know, but he cheers her up with coffee every day and hand puppets and. <laughs> He's writing her out he, to he's work. He's metro. He's metro. Yeah. He's just like, hey, you know, uh, thanks for the coffee. Have I told you how much I love you? He's like, no, but you could do it now. And she's like, yeah, it's okay. I'm not going to do that. Uh, but she has a boyfriend named Dutch who obviously doesn't care about her very much because her boobs aren't very big. He wants to go to his strip club. <laughs> And, yeah, Dutch at every corner is like, yeah, hey, babe, I can't hang out. My mom is sick, so I have to go. And then she catches him on the phone about, uh, you know, going to the strip club. Like, How dare you? But I forgive you. Just come to bed. Like, no, babe, I got to go. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, like her, it's not like she was completely flat-chested. I mean, it's not like she was that attractive either. But at the same time, it's just this whole thing about 
boobs and having to have big ones and ample ones. It's, I don't know. I've been, you know, I don't know. I don't really care about that. I've never cared about boob size. You know, I think you're fine. Whether they're big, whether they're small, not the first thing I look for. <laughs> yeah, and me, it's like if you let me put my hands on them, they're perfect. I, you know, I'm not going to complain in any way, shape, or form. I know. You, you, know yeah. you, you know that, King. Uh, yours yeah, are immaculate. I can see them? Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, so as Betty, as Betty goes through her daily life and just being upset that she doesn't have big tits, um, she goes to her doctor, Dr. Foyne, played by Lloyd Kaufman, who, again, I'm like, Lloyd, save us. Save us. This, you know, just be you. Be funny. And, of course, it does. Anytime he showed up, I was happy. I was like, I wanted more Lloyd in this movie as her psychiatrist, you know, telling her that, you know, nobody cares about bra size. You're the only one that does it. But, of course, the secretary has big old boobs. And she's like, hey, doctor, your patient has arrived. And you get, whoa. And I was like, okay. He has sound effects. That's great. Sitting in his little office. <laughs> um, so Betty dresses up for work. She thinks by dressing up, she's going to get noticed by her boss. She's going to get that big promotion. And she looks good, looks cute, ready to, to be nice and get that promotion. But, of course, her boss looks her over. But Tim is all about it. He's like, oh, wow, 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 wow. You look pretty good. But of course, she's like, you're friend zone right now, so it doesn't matter. And her boss only notices that she has a mole in her head that he thinks that needs to be removed. So what is Betty to do? Betty has to go to Dr. Thulu because she wants to go see about getting some implants or what else uh, Dr. Thulu can have for her. Um, Dr. Thulu, of course, has lost another patient before seeing Betty. And then she sees Betty in the waiting room, which is empty, and Crab walks back into her office and then changes. So now she has a nice dress on. Makeup's all on there. Hey, why don't you strip so I can examine you and check out Herbie, my assistant, who's also checking you out and updating your pictures on the one adult site. What? No, don't mind that. <laughs> yeah, on flatties.com or some shit like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, of course, Betty gets nervous about this and leaves, even though Dr. Thulu says she'll be back. Don't worry about that. So that night, Betty has a dream where she's at work. All of her paperwork has covered in drawings of boobs. All the women get promotion because they have big boobs. And Tim becomes president of the company because he has man boobs. He's got Bob Bitch tits from Fight Club. So, of course, he's getting yeah. a big promotion. It's awesome. Yeah, I got and boobs. Then, <laughs> and then they break into a song, the Dean's favorite part, because, again, the Dean loves musicals. Oh. And I could have dealt with more musicals, man. You know, like, yep. when you look at this movie's Absolutely. listing, it's listed as a fucking musical. And, you know, mm-hmm. this, is really the only, this is the only musical number in the, in the film. This is what the movie could have used more of. And it probably would have been a hell of a <laughs> yeah. lot more entertaining. And there, there, were certainly, there were certainly plot-based songs. But as far as, like, full-stop musical numbers... Yes, I agree that there there could have been one. There could have been. There, I'm sorry, there was one, but there there could have been more. I would have been down for more, absolutely. I didn't mind it. I honestly didn't because it looked like Lloyd was having a fucking great time. Mm-hmm. You know, singing along <laughs> after calling her a breathless freak of nature, and then he's just singing along and dancing about how you have to have big boobs. I was like, I like this. Okay, I like it. I didn't mind it. I enjoyed it. Again, yeah. So I agree with you guys. I I could have done with one more, with Lloyd doing a musical number in this movie. 
You know, the only bummer I had with Lloyd in this film, and I mean, uh, I, who knows? I might be wrong, but you know, you can see that the man is wearing like adult diapers. Like you can see it in his hands. And it had to be a kind of depressing. Choice. It was like, damn, man, damn. It's like, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I don't know if that was uh, him personally in real life or that was a, a choice for the character. I don't know, because Lloyd is like that. He might have done that true. Like, on purpose. True. You're not wrong. You know, just to, just to be part of the character that has him wearing adult diapers. I mean, I could see Lloyd saying that. I'll play this character, but i got to wear adult diapers. Whatever you want, Lloyd. <laughs> You're the king. So whatever you want, you can have it. Um, yeah, because so, who, who knows? Also, knowing knowing Lloyd, he probably like wrote a scene in there where maybe he had a thing where you know all of a sudden he rips his pants off and he's actually wearing diapers and dressed up like a baby and breastfeeding or some shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is, could, this, that could be knowing Lloyd. You know what? That's a fucking possibility. So, so yeah, absolutely. A huge possibility. So that's where, where where the diaper would make sense. Mm-hmm. I'll have to ask so, him next time I see him if I remember. I gotta ask him. I gotta be like, yo, did you wear an adult diaper there in fucking uh, what's the name of this again? Killer rat. Killer rat. <laughs> yeah. He'll tell you. He'll tell you. He, you know, he's the one that autographed your your movie that Talking Terror is better than Troma. So yeah. No <laughs> so. Betty wakes up from surgery from Dr. Thulu and demands a mirror. So she's playing the Joker in Batman 1989. Yes. And yeah. she has her massive boobs, breaks the mirror, and laughs as she walks out of the operation room. And now Betty has this new sense of self because she's got these gigantic boobs, you know, confronting the cat collars, the, the fake Jane Silent Bob from earlier. Um, she heads into work and immediately is given promotion, immediately gets the head office, and Tim is like, oh, my God, you're hot. Whoa, look at those. And she's like, would you want to do anything naughty to me? Uh, absolutely, I would. And she's like, I knew it. And then she immediately just dresses down all the female coworkers. Like, I have pits now. You guys mean nothing to me. It's like, all right, that's cool. <laughs> you know, she's kind of getting some sense of revenge because she has these knockers now, and she's going to use them to her advantage. Um, we see two men at a restaurant. Uh, they end up being cops, the chief and the rookie. Uh, it's just, it was one of those scenes where it just felt so out of fucking place, and then he just talked to something else. I'm like, are they going to come back? Like, are they going to do something <laughs> else? Because they just... They just... Oh, yeah, James and Bartles, yeah. Bartles and James, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, the wine coolers. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, I got that. Um, so that night, uh, Betty surprises Dutch with her big boobs, uh, and she's like, hey, you get to see him. You get to play with him if you can remember what today is. And he's like, oh, I don't know. Uh, what is it? She's like, it's our anniversary, you dick. And he's like, oh, yeah, but I still want to fuck around with your tits. And she's like, no, you know what? I don't want to. You can't remember the date. You don't get to play with these. So he just plays the waiting game. Waits until she falls asleep. Let him get a touch. You know, let him see if he can go over her shirt and get those tits. But – They've been growling the entire time, which doesn't really upset Dutch too much. He's just, you know, it, it must be coming from somewhere else. I don't care. It's, it, it is what it is. Um, but when he tries to get a handful of those tits, he gets his hand bit off. This is way much cooler in Evil Dead 2. 
Yeah, no uh, shit. Because Evil Dead 2 is a better <laughs> fucking movie. <laughs> you know, I won't, but it's fine. So he gets his hand bit off, has to go to the hospital. They have a brief uh, breakup scene where <clears throat> he breaks up there because he's missing a hand because they're her killer boobs. Killer rack. Um, the detective and the rookie arrive at the scene and they investigate and they just kind of clear Betty of doing no wrong because she only has a little bit of blood in part of her dress. And the cop that's there, the rookie cop, believes that it's the turtle that did it. And they cornered the turtle, and that's who did it. So it's fine. But the chief, not so convinced. And he's only got one week until he retires. (laughs) So much humor. (laughs) I know. Let's remind everybody that he only has a day to retirement. Yep. The turtle was the killer. (laughs) Yep. You know, pretty much pulling a lethal weapon thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm too over this shit. <laughs> oh, um, is that is that where they got that from? I, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where they got it from. Uh, so she returns home. The fake Jane Silent Bob are like, hey, what's up, baby? Like, you know, she's paying them no mind. And then Madame Selena shows up with her big tits. She's a gypsy. Oh no, hands are no, but they're, they're they're not really big. They're just kind of placed on this weird ass platter of a, a bouquet because yeah. it's like oh, it's just all kinds of jacked up in a weird kind of way. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh my god, is, are these like going to be like the only tits we see in this movie? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but while Betty sleeps, the boobs come to life and control her body. They lead her outside to the fake Jane Silent Bob. Her boobs are able to talk now, uh, which is a new revelation that we didn't know about. Uh, so the cat callers are trying to decide if they want to have a threesome. So, no, we don't want to do Chinese finger cuffs. You go first, <laughs> and then I'll go finger afterwards. <laughs> you know, so uh, well, I, it's fine. Go have yourself a good time. So the one cat caller goes into the alley, the and he's killed. So the the fat bald uh, of the duo, he eventually gets attacked by uh, Betty, and he's killed. So the next morning, everything seems to be okay. Betty's at work. Tim brings her coffee, but she has like fifteen coffees on her desk. So obviously, everybody's and lots of flowers because, and shit. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you know, she's like, I, you know what? I woke up this morning feeling really satisfied. <laughs> yeah, you know. I woke up really happy, even though Dutch and I broke up, but everything's going to be okay. Uh, we cut back to the chief and rookie detective walking around. The chief's like, well, my arm is going numb, and I'm feeling like I'm going to have a heart attack. It's fine. I'll just pop the pill. We're good. So we're fine. That's not going to come up again in the movie, uh, but it does. Uh, <laughs> so the, it, we get to the, the crime scene. It was his ulcer, with... damn it. It was just his ulcer. <laughs> And with, you know, so he'll fix it with a shot of whiskey. Yeah, that's it. That'll, yeah, that'll so fix I mean, it. Look, we'll sometimes you got to find the right blend to get the levels right. That's really what it's all about. Um, but we do get to the crime scene with, with the rookie cop, the rookie detective, and the chief. There's human remains laying everywhere, and they're like, yeah, but we don't think this has anything to do with anything. So we're just going to clean it up, and we'll move on. <laughs> Probably has nothing to do with those cat collars that we, we found. Um and Betty's excited nope. because she gets to go out and spend time with her coworkers. Party Woo! Night. Temps going out. 
Um, so she goes out to the bar, and of course the girls are still kind of catty towards her, but not as bad as they were before she got the boobs enhancement. Um, but we also meet, uh, you know, a barfly, a guy that's trying to pick up every woman that he sees. That kind of got a couple laughs out of me because the one woman he tries to seduce, she reaches into her bag for pepper spray, and he goes, yeah, I'm pretty immune to pepper spray at this point. I was like, okay. That kind of got me a little, a, a little laugh out of me because he just, he's willing to just try anything that works. Um, we see a, a table full of cops playing Russian roulette. So, uh, again, <laughs> a little bit of a laugh. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> this movie tries, and every now and then it got me. Um, but Tim kind of reveals that he has a crush on, on Betty to another coworker. He just doesn't really know how to talk to her, um, and she ends up spilling a drink on him. So he goes to clean up, and while he's cleaning up, the barfly approaches Betty and tries to hit on her by tickling her ear. And that's not quite working, so he leans in and whispers to her, and she goes, my vagina is not ticklish and quickly has to leave because she's just so offended by the barfly, you know, uh, trying to, to hit her up. But her coworker, eh, you know what? Her vagina is ticklish. <laughs> and he gave the number. Yeah, right? Again, th- this one was cute. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the bar closes. The, the barfly is approached by uh, Betty, who is under control by the killer rack. They go home together, and this is the first time that you get to see her killer rack full frontal, where it's like, okay, well, impressive. I like it. You know, it's, it's a whole lot, but I don't mind it. Um, and we have the lights go off, and the barfly is killed off screen. But then the killer rack puts her to bed. You know, it's like, oh, it's okay. <laughs> Sleep, sweetie. Yeah, we'll get you on the other cover. It's all snuggled up. <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah, it's, yeah. The the killer rack is pretty much like the symbiote in Spider Man. Yeah, taking over Peter Parker's life at night. Yeah. So uh, Bartles and James arrive to a question Betty. She has no information, but they're still kind of like, you know what? You're like our main suspect, so you know, don't leave town. Uh, that sort of thing. Uh, Betty visits Madame Selena, who suffers from fucking horrible ADR. Like, this was really bad. Like, the ADR for Selena was so terrible. I'm like, it's, I couldn't see past it. I was like, it's obviously, it's, it's probably not her real voice. They had to have somebody come in and do ADR for her. But, again, Selena is the least uh, important character in this movie. She does nothing for the plot. So I don't even really know why, because at the end of the movie, all of a sudden, everybody's like, well, I saw Madame Selena, too. And she said, this is going to happen. Oh, my God. And, but she's not important. There's no reason for this character to be in the movie. She doesn't bring anything to, to this movie. She's the crazy she's Ralph. The she's the doomsayer. You know what? The sequence where she was pulling her tarot card. a death curse. A death curse. That, that gave me a giggle. When she kept pulling out the shoes of everything, and she was like, that's oh, yeah, not even in the deck. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, after this reading of all the boobs on the cards, which, yeah, again, yeah, it was kind of funny. Uh, Sandra, who is a coworker of, of Betty's, approaches her, and she's like, hey, you know, I mean, everything's been working out. I have ample boobs. You have ample boobs. I have a hot tub. You know, why don't you come over to my apartment, and we'll fucking hang out, and we'll just, you know, see what happens. You know, see what happens between us, right? And Betty, who at that moment is under control by the killer rack, is, yes, 
I will go over to your apartment and we will have lesbian <laughs> sex. It's like, well, no, it's kind of implied that that might happen. <laughs> yeah. But she's going to go uh, over. Yeah. You she know, never, and she never goes there. Like, I would have wanted no, to see, I wanted no. to see the six boobs. You know, and, yes, and, I and no, we we don't get these. You know, she's got that, like, dork thing going on, you know, especially when she had the glasses on. And, yeah, I, I was here for that action, but, but no, they, they, they didn't give it to me. They were like, no, we don't want to give it to you, Keith. And I'm like, stop. Stop <laughs> eating me. They don't. Like, you get to see Cassandra's boobs. And, of course, uh, under control of the killer rack, she's like, well, wait a second. Your boobs are not as big as I thought they were. Like, what are you doing? And then you see the little chicken cutlet floating in the hot tub. And she's like, you've been faking it. You've been faking these boobs. And then she suffocates her underneath her T-shirt. So when Betty wakes up, her T-shirt's covered in blood. She's like, oh, my God, what? This is crazy. Like, why is my, my shirt covered in blood? It's fine. You know, we're just, we're just going to have to keep on trucking. Perfectly normal. <laughs> yeah, nothing to see here. Like, you know, that's fine. Um, so the next day, Betty's at work, and she's kind of worried about Sandra because she remembered us seeing Sandra in that before. And, oh, Ken tells her, it's, it's fine. She called out sick to work. And, it's, again, a little bit of a laugh because of that message. Hi, this is Sandra. I'm totally sick. This is Sandra, by the way. Gotta go. And she's like, well, that solves it. Sandra's sick. And she's not coming in the work. It's like clearly a man's voice trying to pretend like it's a woman's voice. I don't know. This, it kind of got a laugh out of me. Um, but it sounded like Ruby from MST3K. It gave me a giggle yeah. only because it actually made me think of High Pitch Eric from fucking the Howard Stern yeah. Show. The Howard Stern Show. With his busted up teeth and bad breath. Oh God, I, I miss those days of the Stern show. It, it's been a while, but um, so Tim finally decides to take Betty's mind off of things and walk her home. They share a brief kiss before going up to Betty's apartment to fool around a little bit. You know, Tim. Oh yeah. He wants it to be romantic. He wants to prince things up a little bit. So, Betty, why don't you get some wine? And I'm going to hang out here. But, oh, by the way, uh, here's the thing. I got a reading from a gypsy a while ago, uh, and uh, she knew I was a virgin, so I have to let you know uh, that I'm a virgin. And this, of course, makes Betty's killer rack go crazy. Holy shit, we're getting a virgin. Oh, yeah. This is going to be awesome. You know, we're going to get one finally. It doesn't work because Betty fights off the advances of the killer rack and just kind of calms him down a little bit because Tim tells her that he loves her. And she's like, what? You love me? And he's like, yeah. I love, love you, Betty. And, and you know what, Tim? You have to go. Uh, I don't have time to explain everything. I just need you to go. I need you to leave. So it causes her to immediately go to Dr. Thulu's office where her assistant, Herbie, now has a huge hump on his back because he got caught stealing office supplies. And no worries, because the last time she gave me Prince Sentile uh, eyeballs. So he's being beaten up by uh, Dr. Thulu, whatever brands uh, that she gets. Dr. Thulu is so happy, so sexed up that these uh, boobs worked out. Gives her an examination, kisses her a little bit. Again, they could have gone further. I wanted it to go further. It doesn't. Oh, yeah. 
God, I wanted to go further, but it doesn't. Um, All we get here (laughs) is Dr. Thule revealing that Betty is the perfect vessel for Memora, the elder gods that needed someone to act as her host. The more Memora feeds, the more powerful it gets. (laughs) Yeah. Get it, everybody? Memora. (laughs) We're there. Um, So while she decides for some reason to go back to work to research why boobs eat people, like she doesn't go back home. She goes to her office to research this, and her boss is still there uh, and invites her into his office for drinks and to talk about why she got her uh, promotion in the first place. It's because it's your attitude uh, that got there, not your boobs. Um, what? He's got that good of a guy because he drugged her drink and plans on taking pictures of her topless. Um, but unfortunately, he tries to get a whole handful of those boobs and they presumably butt his hands off as he screams bloody murder uh, in the office building as Betty recovers and wakes up, runs into the street where she encounters a group of people. Uh, and now her massive rack is fucking massive. Like ridiculously, just unbelievably big. And they've grown fangs and just teeth. And all right. So now they're, Oh. Again, like we talked about at the beginning, this is the third act. This is like the final act where it's like, okay, now everything's front and center. The boobs are just fucking and, killing everybody left and right. Like, and they literally call it, man. They literally say, mm-hmm. oh, it looks like we're building up for the third act. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they do. Um, and, one of the, and here we finally yeah. have buckets of blood and fucking some yeah. titties. I, I, I was having fun. Like, I, I did have fun. As if, because I was like, you know what, as stupid as this movie is, at least it's not being afraid to show some blood and have fun with what it is. Um, one of the businessmen in the streets uh, that gets sprayed by the milk, uh, that's Roy Frumkus. Uh, for those of you who might not know who he is, he directed Street Trash, which is a movie that we covered on the show a while ago. Oh, uh, my pick. And he also did Document of the Dead which was a documentary on the Dawn of the Dead movie that was being filmed by George at the Monroeville Mall back in 1978. So that is our businessman that gets covered in milk uh, by the killer rack. So it's kind of cool to see that. And also, I don't know if you guys uh, so noticed is that it, why the, he got Is that why he got all melty when he got yep, hit by the that's exactly breast milk? Yeah, uh, because uh, tree trash. Um, so I got the reference to the garbage can. There was a garbage can. Yeah, the Frankenhooker and, and Street Trash garbage can. Frankenhooker and all that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. When I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool that they had Street Trash and uh, Frankenhooker written on the one uh, dumpster, uh, the two trash cans. I was like, so at least they're paying homage, you yeah. know, to the you, trash you, movies, even though, yeah. You, I think you also had Tromaville and Slime City spray painted on there, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yo, yo, uh, my fellows, uh, I know there's not much time left. I will be back in just a second. I just got notification that I have uh, that a delivery was delivered to my home, and it happens to be okay. pouring raining, so I need to run out and check that. So I'll be right back. Okay, well, we'll be continuing with this movie. <clears throat> so, I think he got really excited by the demonic titties, and he's got to go spank it real quick. Why not? Uh, so the police <laughs> arrive of uh, a panic once they see Betty's killer rack. Uh, one of her coworkers confronts her about her, but the boobs eventually extend and kill her, like scorpion style. Get over here, you know, and they eventually <laughs> kill her. <laughs> um, another one of her coworkers gets beaten up uh, as the chief and the rookie arrive, pointing their guns at, at Betty, 
Mulroney, the cop at the beginning, who is clueless, uh, he can't stop staring at those big boobs. And eventually he has his neck snapped uh, by them. So, unfortunately, he gets cast out of there because he can't stop checking them out. Her eyes are up there, bro, not down there. So that's a PSA for everybody at home. Uh, So the the detective rookie shoots at her, but the rat catches the bullets and spits them back at him, knocking him down by shooting a couple into his chest, which – it's probably going to hurt. We'll find out. Um, <laughs> so while all this carnage, yeah. So while all this carnage is happening, Tim arrives to confront Betty in the killer rack. So you know, through the the romantic ways of Tim, he manages to bring out the real Betty. Uh, they share a kiss, and he tells her, "Listen, if I have to die after sharing a kiss from you, uh, I'm okay with that." So, of course, all right, Tim, all right, we get it, you're romantic, but that's, it's all right, it's fine. Um, so this causes Betty to try to fight the killer rack. Like she doesn't want to kill Tim, so she decides the best course of action is to rip her tits off her chest. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, just, you know what, I'm going to rip them off, and then I, I will collapse to the ground, as one would, uh, as the, the killer rack scurries away underneath the cover of her shirt. Um, <laughs> so, now, so now the pits are like the hand in Evil Dead. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They just aren't as, okay. as fun. Like the, you know. Okay, you're back. You got your package? Good? We're all good? Yes. Okay. Yes, we are. So... The chief is still standing, and he reveals to Betty that he's an ass man. And then he also has rosary beads. But what's the one thing that you shouldn't show to a killer rack? Beads. It's just not oh, a no. good idea. <laughs> so once the killer rack shows itself to the chief, he immediately has a heart attack and falls to the ground. So we go back to the, the killer rack causing a heart attack because he doesn't have the whiskey this time. So he can't just take a shot of whiskey and be fine. Um, I bet you fall. So, (laughs) Betty encounters the killer rack sitting on a trash can, and she rips off the bra of the coworker she knocked out. He says, I'm still beautiful. Yes, sure you are. Wink. It's like, mm. So, she confronts the the killer rack uh, with his underwire bra, and... The, the killer rack is like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, you're going to kill me with that bra? Like, what, you stupid bitch? You're not going to kill me with that, that bra. It's an underwire bra, bitch. And, and oh, uh, no. she, she, I, I don't know. I, I've never worn a bra before. I guess that's, like, <laughs> hardcore. You know, that's so I don't lie. know about bras. So I, I've only worn it once, and it was fun, and it was when I worked at the Moulin Rouge. It was a great summer. I highly recommend it. Um, but, no. So she crushes them until they burst. The chief and the rookie get up from the ground with the chief telling the rookie uh, that, you know what, I know it, it get, it's hurting that you're shot, but you're going to get used to that. It's going to be fine. So, oh, okay, cool. So I'm going to shut a lot of this job. It's fine. Um, so Betty and Tim share a kiss, and that is how we – Potentially could end this movie, but no, they want to go the Marvel way and have a bunch of no. Uh, <laughs> you know, apparently, they're they're trying to get the Titty Avengers off the ground. Um, but so uh, we get to a mid-credit scene where Doctor Kate Thulu is showing Dutch 
that he could have a huge cock instead of a new hand. And then they all laugh maniacally and then laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. And then Herbie and Dutch laugh and laugh and laugh. Um, and then we get to the next credit sequence, which is of the chief and the rookie finding another dead body. And they're like, oh, my God, it's happening again. It seems so familiar. Yeah, we did see it earlier. But now it's a, a guy with a huge cock killing people. So we have to stay tuned for that one if it ever comes along. And then we cut to the Killer Rack singing along to the Killer Rack theme song about the tits bouncing and going downtown and being Cadillac floppies. And uh, that's how we end it <laughs> with the, the Killer so Rack excited. somewhere. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You know, it, it's surprising that we never got a Killer Rack 2. You know, maybe it's coming. Maybe, you know, maybe Greg Lamberson has an idea for it. I know he made a sequel to Slime City. Uh, that came out uh, in the mid-aughts, Slum City Massacre, which wasn't as good as the 1988 version. But you know what? Hey, listen. You know he he had money, he had connections to what's often, and he said nobody's going to tell me no, and I'm going to do it. So that's why this movie exists. And again, to everybody out there, whether it's you, Ghoul, or Monkey, or Dean, or myself, or anybody out there, if you ever have doubts about making a movie. Watch this movie because you won't anymore. Because you're like, I could make a movie. Like, if I just get some money together and I get a camera and some competent people, like, I can make a movie. You can because this movie exists just like Beast Today exists. Like, it should be an example <laughs> to everybody. You can make a movie. Don't be shy. If you have an idea, it doesn't matter how crazy it is because it's not going to get as crazy, you know, as, as Kill a Wreck. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's the, the advice I throw out to everybody. If you want to make a movie out there, don't be afraid. Because there's a movie like Killer Rack waiting for you out there. Um, so as we close out, uh, the pick goes back to me. And this is why I sold the monkey, uh, you know, that I wanted to close it out with the five-year anniversary that we're celebrating tonight uh, of the yeah. relaunch of Talking Terror. Because uh, when we first returned, you know, we had that test show just to let everybody know that we're back, and then we got into our picks, and I was the first one to make a pick. Uh, so I chose Rabid from 1977, the David Cronenberg body horror movie. And I wanted to keep in that tradition. Uh, so I want to go back to horror, you know, cut away from the, the, the absurdity comedy a little bit. Uh, and I want to talk about Shivers from 1975, which is directed by David Cronenberg. It was his first movie. You can find it on Tubi if you want to watch it for free. There's other ways to watch it as well. Uh, but Shivers starring Barbara Steele and Lynn Lowry uh, and Ronald Mitzak. Uh, it's a body horror movie. It's the first that David Cronenberg uh, did. And I also want to talk about it because Cronenberg has a new movie coming out uh, that he based off of a short that he made back in the 70s called Crimes of the Future. So it's him returning to the horror genre doing body horror. So I'm so excited for Crimes of the Future and to talk about Shivers his first endeavor into body horror, which involves parasites and orgies. So I can't oh, to talk about it next week. So we're going to see how you guys land on it. So, you know, after, after these two picks, I kind of want to do something that's from the seventies, obviously my safe wheelhouse and something that I think you guys might enjoy. Cause it's just, it's, it's sexual liberation and parasites. So we'll see how you guys. Oh, how land exciting. On that. So anyway, and, and, and well, then it's a little bit of romantic. romantic, so I think you might do it. So, <laughs> thank you so much, Dean, for your pick of Killer Rack tonight, and we will see you back here next week for Shivers.
You're welcome. I'm, I'm glad that you enjoyed um, the the mammoth memory uh, presentation uh, that were on display this evening and got so much enjoyment from this film. Thank you for Isn't the memory. shivers like when when like Hasidic Jewish people pray. I remember going someplace once when I was working and they were like rocking back and forth, mm. like all in a room together and everything. And I, I remember the guy I was with. I think that's Shivas. Like Shivas. Got it. Bye-bye. Yeah. I mean, if you're saying it with a German accent, Shivas, I guess that could be Shivas. But no, Shivers, a.k.a. Orgy of the Blood Parasites, a.k.a. The Camel from Within. There's a number of titles for this one, but I call it Shivers because that's how it was released in the U.S. back in 1975. So, okay. So, Mucky, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you back here next week for Cronenberg Shivers. Yeah, thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror. Again, feel free to stalk our sexy selves on Facebook and Instagram. Good night, everybody. <laughs> All right. Ghoul, why don't you go ahead and sign yourself out? Come feel my titties. Stay scared, everybody. Ooh. Stay scared. <laughs> Love those titties. Oh, my. Ghoul titties. Mm, smells like home. <laughs> As for me... <laughs> I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, saying thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. Hail Satan, hail yourselves, hail Odorous, watch horror movies, keep America strong, and we'll see you back here next week for David Cronenberg's Shivers. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.